Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Ready to play. This is the sporting record. Thanks to Carl and the gang at uh, Dinosaur Prize Surprise for a quick and easy handover. Always very efficient and always good, Dinosaur Prize Surprise. We thank them. We thank them very much. And that voice you just heard is James Tate. My name's John A. Tate. M. Collard, not here today. Back in God's own country, Newcastle. Is that right? Living the Navacastrian lifestyle, <laughs> um, as they proudly say is a wonderful way to live and we trust them so that's good so big ups to you out there m collard hope you're having a good break we have a special guest in the second half which we'll be contacting uh on the telephone dave warner not the cricketer dave warner from the suburbs the legendary musical dave warner who we are very excited to talk to he's got a gig coming up and uh i want to talk to him about his footy songs Before we get started, though, the sporting record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation on whose lands we broadcast today, and we'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We'd also like to thank the incredible contribution to this continent's sporting life that Indigenous peoples and First Nations peoples everywhere have contributed, and we'd also like to say that sovereignty was never ceded. So to start us off, John... We're going to start with something we don't normally start with. A bit of uh, sports business news. Business news. Can you believe it? I don't spend a lot of time uh, perusing the business pages of the newspaper, but I did happen to notice something today which uh, grabbed my attention, and um, I've got a few questions. What are those questions, John? Oh, well, the story was about uh, Craig Hutchinson's media and sports empire, which apparently seems to be at risk. Empire is probably the key word there. Because uh, Craig Hutchinson, whom we know from uh, TV and radio... Footy Classified and such. All, that, all the, the, the worst sports shows on all, TV. All the bottom-of-the-barrel shows and, he seems to show up on. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, he's a bit of a... Uh, oh, well, a, a, a mogul. A, a media mogul, and he's building an empire. Uh, but apparently the empire's in a bit of trouble. Uh, they reported a, a $3 million loss in the 2023 financial year. And um, they're they're uh, they're deep in debt apparently, and um, they're looking for investors. Uh, they're seeking fresh capital, pitching to high net worth private investors in an attempt to reduce its comparatively large borrowings before the deadline, uh, according to multiple sources. So, John, when we talk about a media mogul in the sports business, what exactly does that include in this case? Well, it seems to be that uh, the the group that uh, their major shareholders in have 65 radio stations across Australia and New Zealand, a TV production company, 
a portfolio of five sports teams. I think one of them's the Perth Wildcats. Are they basketball? Yeah, it's basketball. And um, broadcast rights to all the major sporting codes, so that's probably the uh, radio broadcasting rights, AFL, NRL, Test Cricket, Big Bash League, NBL, both A-Leagues, the Australian Open. Uh, apparently they've got the AFL record, is that the footy record, the, the magazine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a digital racing brand called SEN Track, which seems to be the only thing that's actually making money. Right. And that is horse racing slash gambling, all yeah. that. And um, their SEN Melbourne radio station is doing okay, but to me that's on the back of gambling ads. It's just yes. full of them all the time. Yes, it's, so it seems like this business is propped up by the gambling industry. So I have two questions. Well, one's a question for you with your economics background. Yes. Why would somebody want to build such a huge portfolio of companies and assets? I guess as well, in such a, an industry, I guess you could call it, but more the community of sport, which is such a community-based thing, why would someone want to build and build and build and build when it's all about the grassroots at the end of the day. Yes. And to me, there's a few things. Um, Of course, you've got greed. It's never enough. It's never enough. You've got legacy. You know, I want want to build something that is, I'm remembered for, you know, a fear of death is inevitably a part of that. And also, without reading too much into a great insecurity as well that someone has, that they've got to keep building, building. It's never enough. Then there's ego as well. You know, um, this capitalist system rewards people for being egotistical. So it's a vanity thing, just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and not know when to stop? I'd say so. Um, And I'd say it's also linked to this thing called the growth mindset, John. Okay, here we go. Do you know what the growth mindset is? Oh, I might have heard you speak about it once or twice. Well, the growth mindset is generally the idea that the best way to be safe and sound and secure is to continue growing. You know, always grow at every opportunity, both because you can achieve quote-unquote amazing things and legacy and greed and ego, it's all in the one, but also that the most sustainable strategy for business is to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's the general idea of the growth mindset. And this system that we have, that we may call capitalist, it props up people who, are, who really espouse this mindset that like, people who grow at all costs are generally rewarded. And that's why someone like Craig Hutchinson would go on an aggressive acquisition spree, uh, building up a lot of debt in the process to acquire all these things to create the empire, which is propped up by gambling, which suggests to me as well that there's a significant ethical void in people who do this sort of thing, you know. In the long term, wouldn't you want to be making money from these assets? Yeah, that's a general idea. And I can't see how a sporting team is going to make you money because they're really a, a, a money sink in many ways, aren't they? Well, the whole point about sport is it's not about the money. That's the whole point. You know, you enjoy this thing. Uh, Some people call it a product, but I call it a way of life, you know, a thing we do together. And the idea of profiting off of this 
in such an aggressive way, to me, just raises question marks as to your own credibility and integrity mm. as a person. So, look, we do live in a society where we are pressured towards profiting and monetizing everything. But to me, it's not sustainable. You know, like, and this is the case in point, this whole mogul business empire, whatever you call it, is propped up by a gambling industry. And that's that's the run. Of, that's that's the short of it, you know. Um, yep, and they, it's the only way I can see you could ever make money out of it, and that's making money from other people's uh, other people's misery. And so we use it, when we use this word sustainability, we're just talking about long term viability. So it could be economic uh, sustainability, it could be um, sustainability in terms of ecological systems. But if it's propped up by gambling industry which is set to go under more and more regulation and um, and laws and things that keep it in check because it's totally destructive and the regulations are going to come more and more. There's going to be less and less advertising of gambling until it's all gone. That suggests to me that this business is not sustainable and I wonder why you're doing it. So they're looking for investors. Uh, why would you invest in, in such a thing? Well, given the moral and ethical quandaries, I guess the quandaries is the word, but g- given the questionable moral and ethical standpoint of this business, you would only invest in it if there was potential for profit. A lot of people invest in things because it could make the world a better place. Oh, yes, yes. So there's kind of the there's the multiple-pronged thing of like, it'll make me money, it'll make the world a better place, and it'll be a lot of fun. You know, that's, that's a general three-pronged thing of investment. Um, will it will it be a good time? Will it make me money? And is it good for the world? This one, it doesn't seem to have two of those things. Um, if this business dies, the world will keep on chugging, and no one will blink. So it's just about making money, and they've got to convince investors that hey, this will be profitable. You know, and I think that's a hard claim given where the gambling industry is going. The gambling industry is growing. But the, the the growth of it means that there will be more regulation, there will be more controls and a general phase out of advertisements and things like we've covered on in the past. But that's just speculation, John. That's just me on my armchair looking yeah, out into Yeah, people the like us, though, moaning and groaning about it. Uh, governments will listen and start to think about what the population really thinks about all this. Yes, and I guess the other thing that I should mention is that you know, a radio station like SEN, which we bemoan sometimes because of the incredible amount of gambling ads and the lack of diversity on their radio station and the the, the, the blokey stereotypes. Very blokey. Tradies love it. The blokey stereotypes they reinforce, and there was a whole COVID thing that just wasn't good. <laughs> SEN does bring a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives, and we should remember that as well, you know. It's a very popular radio station in Melbourne. A lot of people call in, give their two cents, and it brings a lot of people a lot of joy and meaning in a life where sometimes there isn't that much, especially if you're working day in, day out. So that's also worth remembering. So we can't demonize the whole thing. We've got people like Jared Waitley as one of their main uh, presenters, and he is uh, A-grade. He is one of the utmost professionals. So, look, we'll wait and see. But in my eyes, blending business and sport is always questionable. It's always, it's always risky mm. in my eyes. Mm. Um, 
But that being said, there are a lot of people profiting around the world from sport. And sport itself is growing almost across the board. You know, every code seems to be growing in some way. Viewership seems to be growing one way. People are hungry for more sports content. So we'll wait and see. And I mean, in this country, we've got organizations like the AFL where a lot of them are member-owned. They're not proper. They're not private, which suggests to me that there is a there is a culture here that it, that is for the people, by the people. You know that that's generally the idea. But you know that's our soapbox. Good one, John. Thank you. How about we uh, hear some messages and we'll give Dave a ring and see if we can uh, go on to the next bit. Yes, stay tuned for Dave Warner, the the musical Dave Warner, who's going to be fantastic. Public transport's great. What's not great is that unless you've got a radio with you, you can't listen to the 3CR when you're on it. Until now. The Community Radio Plus app lets you listen to us wherever you are. Get on board and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Uncover the depths of human connection and power in the new opera by Evan Lawson and Nicole Butcher, The Sea. This visceral exploration of love, lust and the corrupting influence of power in relationships washes over you in this extraordinary collaboration between Forest Collective and BK Opera. The Sea plays from the 7th until the 10th of December at Abbotsford Convent. Tickets available from forestcollective.com.au. Forest Collective is a 3CR supporter. fight isn't just the Palestinians fight, it's all our fight because it's a fight not just about land, it's about a fight for freedom. Everybody should be standing here today saying free Palestine. Solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters on behalf of the Bumbanja nation, my people who've never ceded their sovereignty. We should be recognising Palestine as a state and recognising the rights of Palestinians. 3CR. Stay tuned, stay radical. Put on your football jumpers, kids, because we're going down the football. Suburban girls wiggling their slim hips and their tight jeans Pop songs on the radio They don't care which way the match goes They don't care about you Not unless you're dumb and got long blonde hair They don't care about you And it's just half time at the football 
All the players are eating their oranges Down the road in the suburban streets All the suburban girls wiggling their slim hips Pop songs on the radio They don't care which way the match goes They only care about pop stars on the radio They only care about me I'm a pop star on the radio But I care which way the match goes I care about the football And down the suburban streets In the house next door All the little conscientious musicians in their parents' garage practicing. You can hear the strains of Tesco. G'day Dave, it's John Tate here. Have I got you, Dave? John Tate? Yes. How are you doing? Thanks for giving us some of your time today. My pleasure. Um, what what better thing to do than talk about uh, football and music? Well, that's right, especially when you, you're coming down to Melbourne in a week's time. You've got a couple of gigs lined up, one in Sydney on Saturday, I think. Is that right? That's right, yeah. We're at the uh, at, in, in Marrickville at the Kenlock Lounge on Saturday and then the following Saturday in uh, St Kilda at the New Market for um, uh, hopefully uh, a really fun time and our last gig of the year. The New Market Hotel, Inkerman Street, Sydney. November the 25th. Yeah, St Kilda, St Kilda, Melbourne, Melbourne, that one, John. And you're getting, uh, you're getting the old band back together. Yeah, this is everybody except the late Johnny Leopard um, is here. So uh, Paul Noonan, Howie Johnston, Tony Durant, uh, John Dennison and myself, who were the band that originally recorded Mugs Game and Free Kicks, which were our two uh, biggest albums. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's the... We, Played earlier this year in uh, Western Australia and, and Sydney, and that was great fun. But that was the first time in 44 years that this particular lineup had been able to get back together. And at that time, you were called Dave Warner from the suburbs. Yep, and still still um, have that moniker. And well, we like uh, to call you Dave Warner, not the cricketer. Yeah, well, uh, yes, that has, he's become the bane of my life. Let's put it that way. <laughs> So we mention you uh, fairly often on the sporting record, but it's always with that uh, little little writer that uh, it's not the cricketer, it's Dave Warner from the suburbs, the musician. Yes, unfortunately, I think um, anybody you know below fifty five struggles to uh, to identify with this particular Dave Warner. But um, <laughs> hopefully, if they uh, listen enough to the music or you know read the books or something, they'll get the distinction in the end. Well, we play your music. Uh, we just introduced you with uh, half of half time at the football. Yeah, probably a, a quarter of half time at the football, because uh, what happens at half time on the footy on that record? is probably uh, a bit too spicy for this show. Well, yes, look, it's good, isn't it, that that was, what, uh, 45 years ago or something, and, <laughs> and, and, and that it still can't be played. <laughs> and you got away with it, yes. So there's a logical thing here for me. Why would you release a, a record that's a 12-inch single that probably can't be played on the radio? Look, it was, there was just such incredible demand um, for that track, and it wasn't on the original album because we figured it wouldn't get played anywhere Fair and um, uh, but it's such a big you know crowd favorite and it kind of it, I, I say I'd like to explore the fourth dimension in that song where I'm I'm recounting this story about what goes on on a typical Australian Saturday afternoon as it was then in the late 1970s yep. and um, 
and, and it kind of takes a life of its own and there's audience participation in it. Uh, I, I'm trying to build this kind of three-dimensional impression of... Um, it's almost like a theatrical piece, actually, it is. when it's done live, and uh, the audience get into it, and... Um, uh, so that was really that, that was really the reason to do it. It was just there was demand for it. It's a shame that more people don't know about it in one way. But then again, um, I'm glad that some people do and enjoy it. And it's still a staple in our performances. And we certainly will be doing it at uh, the uh, the new market down there in Melbourne on the 25th. Great, because I love it. I, I specialise in in purchasing. Uh, any footy-related record or CD, <laughs> and I've got a lot of yours. So the reason why we love you is because you're probably in the among, uh, among the big four in footy song writers and performers. Obviously, there's Mike Brady. Yep. Obviously, there's uh, Greg Champion, who's yep. the most prolific of all. There was a guy way back in the 60s who started it called Robert K. Crawford. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. He was the um, first one to record the 12, as it were, uh, uh, VFL footy themes. Oh, and, wow. And he put them yeah, out no, as singles. Uh, a jazz band was playing them, and they're great. I've collected all of them except one. Ah, oh, the elusive. You see, you, you, it has to be elusive, John, otherwise your task in life would be complete too early. That's what collecting's all about. Yeah. Now, um, and, of course, you're number four, so not just half-time <laughs> at the footy. And not just Wimbledon, which we've played a few times, usually round about Wimbledon time. And I'll just say one thing about the song Wimbledon. Will you be doing that uh, uh, on yeah, Saturday? Yeah, that, that, that will be on for sure. That's on the list, yep. Uh, it takes a master lyricist to rhyme Vitos Garolitis with serum hepatitis. <laughs> well, and in the, in the newer version, the sec, we, we still keep that lyric, but I wanted to update it when I recorded it a few years ago, Fair so enough. we managed to, yeah, Roger Federer with Coffee Enema, so that was uh, <laughs> uh, another one that, you know, I was, I was pleased to have that um, under, the, uh, under the wing as well, but uh, yeah, look, I, I always, when I decided that I wanted to write about, um, or, that, or that to have kind of veracity, my music should embrace everything that was kind of important about my suburban Australian life and that and football and laminex tables and drive-ins were all high on the list <laughs> and so and so football had to be part of it and um, uh, and and I branched out so I, I did songs that were kind of about it in a cultural sense but then also footy teams and, and my team in Western Australia East Fremantle I've written quite a few songs uh-huh. for them over the years and um, uh, did the 1979. Uh, song for the team, and we won the premiership that year, which was great, and um, uh, largely, largely inspired, or, or, or I guess uh, motivated by Tony Bahaja, that people would still know from oh. Melbourne, who played with Essendon. And he and played with Essendon for a while, yeah. People, yeah. Essendon people loved him. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, Budgie's a good, good friend of mine, and and he asked me to do a, a song in 1979. East, well, East we were languishing around about fourth or fifth, and weren't sure that we would make the finals, but. We got virtually all the team down, and I'd written this song, and they sang it, and uh, we didn't lose uh, a game after that, and, and went on to win the, the premiership. So um, that was a uh, uh, that was a great time, and uh, had quite a few players in that side who ended up playing um, football in uh, Melbourne. Ken Judge, the late Ken Judge, mm. and, uh, uh, was one of them. Um, Doug Green, who had played a few games for South Melbourne, had to come back for the farm. Brian Peake, so that was a it was a really good team, and. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Rod Lester Smith. I think yeah. oh, no, he might have been just a little. I'm not sure if he might have. Him, I think I think Lester might have come down and sung on that one. Uh, <laughs> so quite a few, anyway. Uh, that you, some of your people would be familiar with. Oh yeah, these days you live in Sydney and follow yeah. the Swans, I believe. Yes, uh, uh, Sydney Swans. I mean, um, I have to say that I'm still probably more passionate about waffle in a way in, mm-hmm. the, in the West Australian footy league. But yeah, I follow the Swans and I have a, a soft spot for the Dockers because uh, they're around yeah. my um, Fremantle area where I grew up. But they do frustrate me, uh, Fremantle. So <laughs> I'm happy to <laughs> happy to stay with the Swans for that time and, and, and still love footy. Do you follow the AFLW Swans team? Not at all, no. I, I have so much in my life that when it comes to AFLW, I just I said, no, I can't take on any more thing. You know, like I devote so much of my time to, <laughs> to football throughout the course of the winter months. I had to draw the line there or I'd never get anything done. Now, the other thing of yours I collect, and I've spoken to you about this before, is the CD series back in 2003 that I guess you were commissioned by the AFL to produce. Yeah, so what happened was uh, Martin Cilia, who uh, is a very well-known, particularly surf guitarist who played the bands like the Atlantics and things, I said to Martin, look, let's do some footy songs, um, but make them a bit more dancey and do some original material. So we did this and we had Sony um, quite interested in doing, there was about three or four tracks and some would be about a player and some were just different songs about, you know, that w- that would be up vibe songs that people could dance to before or after the game. And then Sony came back and said that the AFL wanted to make them all club, uh, do all the club songs as well. And so we we then, so that didn't initially come from us, it came from the AFL and we went in and then re-recorded um, the original, you know, songs that most people would be used to, those kind of 60s um, ones. And then there were a couple that I think might not have even, um, you know, Port Adelaide on, uh, or Port Power at that stage would not long into the competition. So we did some, did their ones and stuff as well. And uh, that was a, a huge project because it was, I don't know, 16 clubs. Yeah, there would have been whatever. 16 teams at that time. Yeah, and, and three or four songs for every club, uh, which did, they all didn't all end up on the um, CDs, strangely. Oh. For some reason, some they left some off and. Did That's others, and then uh, yeah, and some of the songs appeared on the CDs, but not under our name. <laughs> like if you if you put them on the electronic player, they they came up as the Fable Singers or somebody else when it was actually us. And mm. um, so uh, that was it was quite funny. There was a bit of a controversy at, at one point where people were complaining about these new songs. Uh, I think driven largely probably by the original you know recording companies and stuff to get it up there, but. Um, but the songs that they, were, <laughs> that, they, that they replaced them with were still ours. Ours were still being played and everyone seemed happy with them. So, um, But, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think, I, I reckon there's a lot more scope for footy music than what there is, if you know what I mean. You know, I think yeah. we haven't scratched the surface, really. No. Uh, um, and I love all those. I love all the grand old flags and, you know, we are the Navy Blues and all that stuff is great fun. Um, but, you know, there's also room for a few more things. Yeah. Well, you've got my attention. Thanks for your yeah. time. Um, yeah, thanks, John. I'll try to get along to the new market Saturday week in St Kilda, 34 Inkerman Street. And Please do. Probably kick off about, I don't know, what is it, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, something as such. Yeah. Tickets can be bought online. You can probably rock yep. up to the door, though, hey? 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll still have tickets. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be sold out before the gig. Our earlier ones uh, this year were sold out, but it's been a bit slower this time. So I think uh, oh, you know, um, give it a bit of a yeah. push with three CR listeners. There's a lot of our well, listeners I'm, out I, there. I think I think now they'll be breaking down the doors now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go out with the uh, the dance version of the Sydney Swans uh, theme, Great. which. Uh, you dropped a bit of a bombshell on me the other day by telling me that it's Jeff Duff who you actually got to sing. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Duff sings. Um, he's one he's of my favourite vocalists. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. And he's a passionate Sydney Swan supporter. So, um, yeah, it was great to have him on, on board for it. All right, thanks, Dave. Hopefully Thank I'll you, catch John. up with you in a week and a half. I hope so. Thanks very much, Richard. No worries. That was Dave Warner, legendary Australian musician who's penned some of the great sports songs going around. Um, great work, John. Thank you. So we're going to go out with this beautiful tune, which is Cheer Cheer, the Dance Mix 1. Is that right? That's right, yes, yes. That's right, and we'll have a few updates while we play it. Big night of sport, John. So just uh, while we um, while we tune out, we're just going to say that there's some cricket on tonight. Australia yes. against South Africa. Yes, you can watch that on Ko or one of the main channels. It'll be a good game. I got no idea if we're going to win or lose. And there's also the Socceroos playing Bangladesh tonight as well, which you can catch on Channel Ten. On the on the free to air on the free to air version. Great. So there you go. I'll be watching. This has been The Sporting Record. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're here every week at Thursday, 4pm. And stay tuned for an episode of Yenar Passaran. <laughs>